Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Word up, everybody. Episode 111. Uh, that's 111. You're doing the math. I don't even know if that's math. Oh, you know boy. cool number? You want to know why? Why? It's the, the same forwards lo- and backwards. That too, but in the first Lord of the Rings movie, they're celebrating Bilbo Baggins's 111th birthday. Pretty awesome. Pretty long life for a hobbit. But how do they say that that number? He says, I'm celebrating my 111th birthday. He kind of like says it bad, but what does he say? Does he say it fully? 111th? Isn't it like 1d11 or something weird? No, he says 111th. Okay. Because you would, no, you would normally say 111th. You wouldn't say 111th. But he says it, it's my 111th right. birthday. I guess I'm not as knowledgeable about that. We got intern Ben here. Intern Ben. Does your does your camera show up in this scene? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Hi. Wonderful. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We uh, also don't have Stat Mando lined up yet. If you're in the live chat, you know we were sitting around waiting, starting about 15 minutes late tonight because... Evan is not like an IT man, or he is, but problem is he unplugged some cords and some routers and modems, and he's replugging, and honestly, we gave up on Statman, though. <laughs> Just kidding. We're, we They're fired. Live. He's fired. We went live, but everybody, we are proud to say that we've replaced Statman, though for the, at least the duration of this show with someone you may be familiar with, Hannah Macbeth, everybody. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so you get you can go to four up, and, we, and we'll just watch the blank placeholder for Evan until he shows <laughs> <Okay>. up. Okay. <laughs> nice. <Aww. laughs> he has a spot on the show. On he's he's earned his... Yeah, that was perfect. Good job. So we'll tonight, just put a catch cam of Harrison laying down, <laughs> and we'll there. just have that as the spacer. We could do that. That would actually be awesome. Just put Ben's dinosaur there. Yeah, you know how you could, exact something like that. You know how you can watch like eagles being born like in a nest somewhere, like a live <laughs> webcam or something. Like we should put like some live cam there. I can like, get on that. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Maple Hill the cool, hole or something, like live cam. The, the cool ones are watching like bears catch fish in rivers. Those ones are pretty sweet because they just like a fish will jump out and it'll try to get them. It's cool. There's like Alaskan live channels. It's Dude. It's pretty lit. It's so random and it would really only be good for like people who are watching the video version of this because like you could just have somebody that we know like fishing and you just like wonder if they're ever going to catch something good and then they do. You get excited for them and like it's just happening while we record. That'd be pretty cool. We'll figure it out. Send us your ideas. I'm I'm, I'm not much of a fishing person in general. I think it's kind of intriguing sometimes watching a bear try to catch a fish because there's also hundreds of them trying to go upriver and so you just see them jumping all the time. But I cannot stand fishing in the sense of I could spend all day on a boat and if you're a good fisherman, you catch stuff. But like (laughs) I could literally spend all day on a boat, catch one or two fish and that would not be a satisfying day to me. Like to me personally. That would be a waste you, of my day. You like catching fish, though? How am I the only one I mean, that just reacted to that? <laughs> Hannah, you gotta go with <laughs> you it. You just gotta be smooth. You just gotta be smooth. This really is the Nick and Matt show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tonight is okay. Yeah. We should just get it out of the way. First of all, episode one. One's in chat. 
Spam yeah. ones in chat for the Hannah and Evan show. <laughs> I don't know what Ben's doing. He keeps trying oh, something. I, I forgot yeah. to loop it. That's why I was like, why does he keep novice mistake? There you go. Okay. So, so last 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 thing about fishing. I went deep sea fishing with my whole family one time, and that was actually really fun. Other than that, no. I do not care to fish. I own a fishing no. store. Let's go. Four people in this studio and one dinosaur, and no one asked. We literally have been <laughs> talking about Are fishing the last ten minutes. <laughs> Okay, Come so to Ben Sadashack for all your fishing <laughs> needs. That's all I gotta say. All right, so if Aww. you can't tell, episode 111 is pretty chill so far, and intern Ben sitting on Nick's head too. I mean, oh yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, of everything yeah, yeah. going on. Here. Sorry, but I had to pr- promo my tackle store. That's my full time job. Here is what I need to say: CosmicDiscGolf.com. It's worth your time to go check out, see what they've got going on there. CosmicDG.com. They do have for sale new and used discs. They're all about the cosmic vibes. Check them out. Instagram at Cosmic Disc Golf. And have a cosmic day. Wow. I will tell you what great thing they've got going on. The initiative that he's moving towards over there at Cosmic DG is really incredible. Big plans. Check it out. Thank you, Cosmic Disc Golf. So we're going to do an event recap. Stat Mando, uh, the T-Rex. <laughs> we we oh, will I get to that. I thought I was Stat Mando. Okay, good. The championship happened. And if you didn't know, uh, Isaac Robinson put up a good, incredible performance at the championship and was able to push it all the way to a playoff. Um, Obviously not satisfied with that, but Ricky came in and birdied hole 18 two times during the playoff to win it. Pretty impressive there. On the FPO side, does anybody know who won over there? Uh, I do. Hannah, what's up? You take some notes on this this week or what? Yes, Kristen Tatar took it down. Wow. It was awesome. I I looked up the conversion Um, of dollars. She had like a slow front nine and then her back nine, she she got birdies and pulled ahead. So it was nice. It was cool. Yeah, Missy Gannon was like two strokes up on everybody through the first seven holes and then fell off there um, as Kristen continued her steady pace as she i feel like that's her mo like i feel like her thing is consistent i feel like it was, I, dude why did i think i just kind of said Kristen, chris chris consistent consistent Kristen. okay yeah same consonant <laughs> anyways this is a weird show but um i feel like i like it okay i feel like her performance is very consistent but not lackluster like i was trying to describe her play like it's like very controlled, just right, like the amount that you need to win. Whereas, and I guess we'll get to it a little bit later, Paige Pierce. Nick, how do you describe Paige Pierce's performance? Like how does she play disc golf compared to him, uh, compared to Kristen? Aggressive. It's, it's definitely flashier in the sense of you kind of see more aggressive shots from Paige. You see those, you know, bigger hyzers that you normally don't see in the FPO division, the longer shots, the longer mid-range shots and putter shots. And then also kind of, you know, when she's on, she's very explosive from the circle two green, which is something that also you don't see as often. She has a unique style of putting and the way her jump putt is she'll, she'll run in putts if she knows they're going in when Kristen's a little bit more, I would say conservative in the sense of how she throws and how almost how she reacts to the throws too. Like, I remember there's, you know, the video of her hitting a big putt on hole 14 or 15 at Worlds. In one of the rounds, it was, you know, 60, 50, 60 feet, maybe even a little bit further than that. But she had a big, big jump putt on one of the par fives. 
And so that was kind of a moment where you're like, oh, there's there's some more emotion with it. But for the most part, I would say Kristen is definitely more of a conservative, less aggressive player, but also not emotionless, but definitely doesn't show that like, you know, insane, like an insane amount compared to how Paige does. Am I way off here? And I expect Hannah to like fully tell me if I am, because I'm going to, if I applied my chapstick, she'll tell me she doesn't like (laughs) the way I do it. So, I mean, I expect when I ask this question, she'll also tell me. So my question is, and I just had this thought and I'm sure I could convince some of you, but does the FPO division have like the Nate Sexton? And I don't mean to compare it against like an MPO player, just like just the nature of Nate Sexton plays in my mind, very similar golf to Kristen. And because that's like, there's no one in the FPO division doing that. Like she's doing it and she's performing well. And I feel like that division needed that. And I feel like that's what she's doing. She plays that style in my mind, like very planned out, not stressed out, play my game plan. And I just, I don't know. Am I way off, Hannah? No, I think what we're seeing in FPO is um, Kristen just has every stat under control. So also we're moving. I'm really sorry for our audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything's a little bit of a mess because we're moving in two days. I hope Nick um, just walks okay, in so- and grabs something off your desk. He's like, I need this back. <laughs> he just mine. takes the it'll, tiger head. It'll literally just yeah. Head. I was gonna say it would just be decoration stuff, so I can actually put some stuff in my apartment. Okay. I'd be like, oh, I like that picture. The right. YouTube play button. Oh, oh. Yeah, but um, what we're seeing in FPO right now is pretty cool. Uh, Kristen just has every stat on lock. Um, she's super consistent because she's not having to think about how her body's throwing a shot. Um, the the things that she's working on right now, or at least that she's admitted to working on this year, besides diet and exercise and just regular athlete things, is her mentality and how her off the course life is affecting her on the course. Um, <clears throat> we had like the pleasure of interviewing her on my podcast, The Party, uh, with Hannah and Christine, and she got really vulnerable about um, how addressing things off the course helps her just accept who she is on the course at any given moment. And I think that really helped um, thinking back all the way to like Champions Cup where she experienced like severe defeat where she just sort of gave it away on hole 18 with all those extra putts. And then fast forward to Worlds where she got a lead, um, built on that lead and then took it down with really nobody um, giving her any issues. Throughout this whole year, she's had injuries if we look at the rest of the FPO field, it's all of these women who are really talented, but they're all working on something like they're all working on, I don't know, a forehand or they're working on their backhand approaches or they're in their, um, on their Instagram and their social media or in their interviews talking about, Oh, I was so nervous or I really had to work on my mindset or I really need to get distance or my putting isn't as up to par. Kristen isn't really ever saying those things. She's really just like at this level and she's doing the tiny little percentages to get herself even higher. Whereas her competition who could play well and outperform her is like over here doing a lot. Um, And uh, from Paige, it just seems like for this year, she's in this, She's not playing horrible, but she's not playing good. Um, and so, yeah, is, there's been is, a lot of drama that, between the two of them. But is that skill <laughs> related or is that literally game plan related? Because when I look at it, 
and I am not the professional yeah. disc golfer. Part of me is like, Paige, I, I just want to ah, just play like a better game plan because you have all the skills. And I think for her, she can't pull off. Her, her mindset is like, no, like that's not what I want to do. That's not fun for me. That's not what the sport is. I kind of feel like she's there. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if there's like going to be a breaking point where she's like, but this is my job. And I'm not saying I well, know all the inside scoop, but like, I'd love to see her play a game plan, maybe like Kristen and see how that plays out. There was a time when Kristen did an interview after Worlds where she talked about her injury and how being injured sort of helped her in a way because um, she disked down at a lot of uh, shots in order to preserve her hand I mean, or her elbow because, I mean, it's five days on those big wide open Kansas courses, so it's like a lot. But she said that when in disking down, she... I mean, she sacrificed distance, but she was still accurate. So she was still not going OB and not, you know, having as much trouble, whether at Jones or at the country club. Um, whereas Paige is always going for distance. Mm -hmm. She's always throwing like way out left and wanting it to, you know, flex back and just getting as much distance as possible. You see Kristen will often, and Katrina as well, like she'll throw a lot more um, hyzer flips or things like that. So their games are very different, but it seems like Paige, and I say seems like because it's our job in media to guess, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we just make a whole career off of hypothesizing and <laughs> it's amazing that we know everything. <laughs> and we can be wrong. Like Paige might be listening to this right now or watching this. Oh, she, like, yeah. are, she does like, in her spare time. She um, just likes to hear what we think about her. <laughs> Yeah, but it seems to me that she's dealing with a lot more than she used to be. And yeah. Christine and I say this a lot on our show where she used to ask, like she used to be asking for days like this where there was enough yes. women. We're all the, we want more women in disc golf and we need like, you know, everyone work hard and get up and start competing against me and giving me a run for my money and all this stuff. And now that they're here, her energy doesn't match what she's been given and it almost seems from the outside that she's um not as dominant because it's like not something that she's investing herself in like you're saying it would just take a couple conversations with players that have a different game plan than her to learn different aspects of a course and these courses we have to think she's been playing them for years you know like years and years and years and years so um it's got to be like it's got to be hard to change your game plan, but you have to be willing to adapt and change, and that's going to be part of her career. And if she wants to continue to win Player of the Years or Worlds or European Open, she's going to have to do it. Because once Evelina and Hanna figure out like their putting stroke or their mental game in the circle, that's going to be two more women who are going to be outperforming her on the fairway. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot for her to go through. Um, I have a bit of an insight as to what these disc golfers go through because I'm married to Paul. Um, but still, I don't know that she's looking at life this way. I don't know where she is mentally. I don't know where she's at in her career. But I do know I've talked to Kristen a lot, really good friends with her. And it just seems like the only thing Kristen's really been working on with disc golf is all just – mental stuff so when she does get more famous and her fan base explodes she already knows who she is so she 
gets announced on hole one as a one-time world champion and hits the first tree. She's like, I'm fine. And that's kind of what Nick Carl was saying. She's just kind of like mellowed out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. have you guys like, cause you guys have to pay attention to FPO and MPO. Do you see mm-hmm. similarities between players other than like Nate and Paige? I mean, sorry, Nate and Kristen, like, are there, um, characteristics that you see happening on both sides, especially cause we have all the youth coming in, <laughs> the youth. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, uh, I mean, for a lot of FPO to MPO comparisons, I think you kind of see, you know, which players favor the woods more, which players favor the bomber, the bomber open courses. You know, you have Katrina Allen, who doesn't throw as far as the other players, um, but still was competing at the throw pink event. And then you have players, you know, let's take the... Uh, Evelina and Henna, who bomb the disc but don't putt as well. I think we can see that out of, you know, let's compare Evelina to, let's say, a Garrett Gerthy, who just has incredible power with the disc, can throw it a mile, can impress people a lot. But then when it gets to the putting green, you're kind of like, oh, but is this putt going to go in? Is this (laughs) going to have a chance to go in? Or how many times are we going to see these go in, in a sense? So, you see, and Evelyn has talked about it in person, you know, on her Instagram and everything like that to where she knows she needs to work on the circle one X putting stats. And I think henna the same way henna at worlds was throwing the disc so incredibly well. And you could tell that when she was also putting well, she was keeping up with Kristen the whole time. And then it's when the putting fell apart in the circle one X. And I think the yips and the jitters really get a hold of you to where you missed that putt that you really should have made. And then, okay, now we're seeing, you know, I guess inconsistency with it. Um, I'd have to go down the list. I mean, to actually make legitimate How about consa- this? comparisons. How about this? And I see this in the chat and I was actually trying to figure out like, cause we watched a transformation uh, with, <laughs> yeah, the dinosaur on the screen. We watched, the dinosaur a, just kills me. we watched a transformation of Simon when Simon went through an injury. He ended up changing up his gameplay a lot. Um, obviously becoming a dad, a lot of things in life changed him. I'm curious, but like, let me just go back before he made his change. Simon was relevant because of his media exposure for like who he is as a person, like Mm -hmm. exciting, very fun to watch, likable, like great YouTube vlogs, the whole thing, but his performance, and it was better than, you know, 99.5% of the world. Like he's still really good, but like, and the same for Paige, she's better than 99.5% of the world. But I guess my point here is I feel like, and this is my speculation, that she's going to have to shift her game style like we saw Simon do. And then Simon did that. And I don't think it was coincidence that he came out and won four events this year. So I feel like for Paige, she did win. How many did she win? She won at least four events, right? I mean, she did good. She won three elite series and two majors. Okay. So, I mean, it's not that she had a bad season, but I think what we saw was when the biggest competitors were there. The biggest fields were there that she's in the mix, but not where she wants to be. And I think we're mm-hmm. going to have to see, and she can show, prove me wrong. We're going to have to see her game plan shift a little bit to be yeah, not so aggressive. That's how I'll just leave it. I guess that's what yeah. I'm saying. You know what? I actually had, I was prepping for my podcast tonight, which is a big reason why I'm on the show. Cause <laughs> I just, I focus on FPO so I can bring a bunch of like yes. FPO flair to the show, um, which is fun. But I was thinking about it and I am really 
nitpicky on Paige. I think it's because I became a fan of hers in 2014, 15, where she was really, really good and she was doing really well. And she was the woman to beat. It was like her and Val and Kat and Hokum. And it was like the four of them, but mostly Paige. And um, she was really, really fiery. And I remember that character trait as normal for her. And I just, that's how I always knew her to be, was just very fired up and energetic and just really driven. And no one was going to take anything away from her. And it was all her. She's going to win everything. Um, and she was going to get the best sponsorships. And yeah, just really fired up. And then everyone like you just said, is wanting her to change. And I've heard like Nate Sexton give commentary on it. I've heard Paul talk about it where they say like, oh my gosh, Paige, like just lay up, like don't run this 60 foot death, but like, please for the love. And we want you to change Paige. We want you to change. And, and they're not saying like, they're not saying it that way. They're saying we want you to change how you play the game, but that's a big personality thing I yes. think for her. And so lately I've been nitpicky on her. Cause I'm like, well, how is she not fired up? Cause I'm so used to paying attention to athletes that when they don't do well, they're like fired up for the next season. Um, There's whether more it's going Serena on. Williams or Tom Brady or something, but Paige has been really casual. Like she's just been very patient, honestly. And I couldn't figure out what the character trait was. And I was like reading her, like after GMC, she had this really poor finish and she just came out was like, wasn't this festival awesome? Like I got to watch yes. live music with my friends and I got to, and I was like, yeah, but Paige, what about 17th place? Like what happened? Mm -hmm. And, um, I started noticing, I think she is working on it. I don't think she is being lazy and just like taking her life for granted or anything. I think nope. she is working on it and she's doing it with herself first. And yes. that's, um, something it. that I noticed today and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. Cause I've just been, um, for lack of a better word, just like making judgments. Like how does she not address what we're all thinking? Like, how is she not in here? Like every other woman or athlete in disc golf is like, didn't win. I hated that for me On to the next one. I'm fired up. And she will say things similar to that, but she will never say like, she'll build someone else up before she tears yes. herself down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Ooh, I need to check myself. Cause why am I just like wanting her to so tear herself down all the time? Like, we, this is nuts. We There's had a her lot. on the show <laughs> many times. And I pretty yeah. sure the last time we had her on, remember Nick, she started alluding mm -hmm. to this idea of like hating booing. Remember that we were like, Oh, you can boo like your team yeah. that like you don't like, she's like, no. Yeah. And she's like, we got to root for. So and the other times I've interviewed her, and even in that one, I think I pressed a little bit more. I, as someone who talks about disc golf, and I'm agreeing with you, Hannah, like I want to see that fired up, right? But I believe for Paige, and I think this is over the last couple of years, it, and she has a public life, so I feel comfortable talking about this in this sense. She is working on herself, and she has been doing that. And, and to identify who you are as a person uh, and not the identity of who you are in the sport. She always talks about mm -hmm. that. There's Paige Pierce and then there's Paige, like Paige Pierce, the disc golf athlete. And then there's Paige. And I feel like I see so much emphasis in working on herself and the way she responds after events and all that, that she has become a better person. No doubt. Yeah. I've seen it. She's learned how to handle it, but I 
I'm afraid in some sense for her in the competitive side that it's caused her to lose this, this fire a little bit. And I think part of it comes from her reaction to, I'll say fans and others. Like Kristen came over, she got a lot of love. Paige started yeah. getting this little, I don't want to say brand identity crisis, but like there was starting to be this shift where I think she's like, what, what's happening? Like where, and I think she chose, I'm just going to focus on being the best person I can. And I'm not saying she well, didn't work on it, her, her disc golf game, but I mean, like, that's where she's at. I'm just going to be the best person I can. You can't fault somebody for that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, there was a lot of fans to win over after, after the season finally kicked off. Like Kristen is doing really well. And there's a lot of people who are ready to cheer for her because they're just interested in disc golf in a different way. It's not just for the boys anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, it's for the girls too. And they want to be fans, but I will say this about Paige, um, just to like, obviously we don't know, but, um, yeah, I just, I just think I, I like what you said where you're like, Oh, she's kind of lost the fire. I think she's rediscovering that there are other types of fires. Mm -hmm. Um, you can be fired up and still be comfortable with who you are. And if you watched her documentary, which you should have, because it was really good. Um, you'd get a little bit of an insight into like her upbringing and the way that she did sports when she was younger. And then um, her influences when she was in sports, when she was younger, as opposed to now, like in disc golf young and then coming up, it was all about intensity and you can't always be intense in disc golf. You have to be like able to take a breath widen your scope and see the different lines and um, see the different opportunities. Like, I don't think she's ever had to play that kind of golf um, very as often as she is now. I think sometimes she's just been able to be like, you know what, whatever, I'm going to go out and win. And she has the skills to like do it, um, to do those risky shots and to pull it off. But now it's like, you might be doing these risky shots and so is someone else. Or you might be doing that risky shot and messing up and six people jump up ahead of you. So yeah, I think there's a lot going on, but it is, it just makes it interesting and we're th I'm thankful for the things that she shares. Like mm -hmm. part of me wishes she would share more just because I want to know, <laughs> you know? Um, so Hannah, but that's like, we, that's not my story. We interviewed you back in, when was it? 2000, it was two years ago. 15, or something. Some, you and Paul like were in studio here. And I think you alluded to the fact of like, Where's the, like, when does Paul leave work? Right. And he's now Paul, like he's, he's mm -hmm. at work, disc golf, you know, that's his thing. When he's done with the tournament, like he's done for, with work, right? Like he comes home or whatever. Like that's what like people who are going out and making money do. Like I go to work, I come home or whatever. Lucky for me, I actually work out of the studio area, but I think Paige, and I saw this, uh, we can, we can wrap this conversation up in a minute, but I saw this when they were doing the Jomez feature with uh, Corey Wong. Um, she was actually asking him insightful questions about how do you balance who you are like as a person with like your career? Because disc golf is everything to me and like all I know and I don't have an off minute. And I think that's what I'm saying. I really feel like that's what mm. she's trying to discover is like, yeah, could be. I, I just feel like that's what I'm watching. She's a great person. Uh, I feel like 
if she can figure out this, like I'm going to work mindset, but, but I don't think she wants disc golf to be work either. I mean, it's a tough place. I used to like phot yeah. photography. I used to like photography a lot. I still kind of do, <laughs> but I turned it into a job and I did wedding photography and everything else for seven years. And then I was like, I don't want to pick up a camera again. And I think she's probably afraid of making it a job as well. She loves disc golf. I've had these conversations with her. Like disc golf is like what she was born to do. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure she used those words with me. Like that's what she was born. So one interesting thing that's happening to a lot of these women in disc golf right now, and it happened a lot last year too, because during COVID in 2020, we had much less events and then there wasn't really many spectators. In 2021, we came back to the same number of events and a little bit more spectators. And then by the end of the year, everything was a little bit more open and you really saw the fans that had joined the sport come out. And in 2022, it's just exploded. I mean, European <laughs> Open was huge. USCGC was huge. Like all of these, um, all the fans are like, they're here. <laughs> um, but what happens is um, there's a couple streamers that I follow and one of them is Pokimane. And she recently did like a full re-searching uh, um, of just her life because she's been a streamer and been doing content creation and gaming for I think like six seven or eight years now, which is a long time. And she said that lately she's realized she's needed to take a lot more breaks. Um, and I remember like taking some gems of wisdom from this whole thing um, and sending it to a couple of my friends that like are a couple of my friends that are girls that are on tour and just being like, Hey, I heard this and I think it's relevant for you, but here it is. So she was talking about how as a content creator, which you can say about disc golf too, because as an athlete in 2022, you have to brand, you have to market yourself, you have to put yourself out there. And you, by doing your job, um, especially on tour or by doing your job off of the tour, which is like social media and marketing, like I said, you are putting yourself into a constant feedback loop of information about you. So let's take, um, we can just take me for example. So if I go to a tournament and I watch Paul and he's covered and I'm walking with him, I will get messages from friends and family that can see me and they're like, hi, I see you. Or I will get tagged by fans who are like, oh, I see you. That's like a very small scale. If I go on Instagram and I post my day, I get comments like 10 to 15 comments from people who are like, I liked this post. I hated this post. This post was great. This post blessed me. I am happy for you. I do not like you. And it's this weird thing. And you have to think like, that's a lot for these women to be taking in. And like a lot of these women are new. They're trying to figure things out with their game. They're not making the, like, they're not making a ton of money yet. Um, there's a lot going on. And so I remember just finding that very interesting and how it had to do a little bit with another interview that Paige did. I think maybe it was with you guys where she just said, um, her and Simon had talked about it and she found that it was really hard or maybe it was a post round interview or something like that. But she was like, it's really, really hard. The commentators make a lot of people online are like not very nice. And I feel like she's kind of realizing how much she's like criticized and just like how I can't see you guys. So I can't, I don't know. I only have one screen up, so I can't <laughs> oh, tell if like anybody wants yourself. to say anything. No, if you could put all no, of us up. <laughs> Hold on. I'm like, 
this isn't it my was, show. It, it but, was a um, the interview you're talking about. She did allude to it in a post press conference, and then she did talk about it here on this podcast. And yeah, we got to welcome Evan. Evan's here, so they can keep going. Hi, on. Hello. Evan's here. Um, it was wild to me because she just constantly brought that up and I never understood it until I heard from another person's perspective that was like everything you do, everything that she does, whether she's like, Hey guys, this is my tournament recap. Hey guys, I'm on coverage is subject to comment or criticism from someone. And if you don't check yourself and if you don't know who you are and if you're not strong enough to handle that or you become vulnerable and you don't realize it, like that can really affect you when you're putting, when it matters. I remember one time, I made all my putts and Anthony Barella was like, you putt weird. And I missed like every putt in the next round. And he was just messing with me. He's like, you do like this weird thing when you putt. And I thought about it every single time I went to putt. <laughs> and I was horrible. like, okay, I know, but that's what happens, hey, right? Nick, can like, you teach me how happens. to putt right before a round? I could do my but best. If you guys were just worshipped, if you didn't believe in the Nick and Matt show and you just worshipped what everybody thought of you oh without my. needing like without being like self-driven and knowing like, no, we're going to mess up here and there. We're going to, you know, ramble on like I'm doing now, but we've got this like we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. All of those things would really bother you. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing that in disc golf now because there's so many fans. There's so many everybody people who talks care about and they want to give feedback. Simon has talked about it. Uh, Paige, obviously, I think she's alluded to that with us on our show a few times. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's part of it. I will say as we wrap this up on the page talk, she, I think, is defaulting to the right thing as far as like, if you're going to choose one or the other, figure out how to be your best person. Absolutely. Yeah. She's still going to have her natural talent. I just really hope we can see that she figures out how to control it and rein it in and be that best player that she can be. And I know she wants more. She's excited for it. Okay. Let's wrap that one up. Let's do this. DG Max Wax. Hi, Evan. Yeah, Evan's here. Hello. We should say hi. But let's talk. Let's talk DG Max Wax. Yeah, I was just going to say, how's that working out for you, Evan? You got the snap stick all the time. Um, yeah. Max Wax in my bag, everybody. I use it. I keep it in the mini slot and I just, I just use it. And I think it's perfect instead of it's gross, but instead of like licking your fingers or touching the dirt on the ground, it's just a product that creates the perfect amount of an grip. It's not sticky. It's an enhanced, confident grip. Check it out, dgmaxwax.com. It sounds like an ad when I say it that way. I mean, it kind of is, but the product, it will sell itself if you try it out. dgmaxwax.com. It's so good. And I, I'd be remiss not to talk about the smell. It's wonderful. It is. Okay. <clears throat> Let's do this. To change it up a little bit, we'll go back and forth and do different types, like serious, not serious, whatever. This one's kind of fun, and none of us are prepped on this, so let's just see what comes to mind. That's how this segment's supposed to go. Pick one player who you know about now that you didn't know about at the beginning of the year. <gasps> I will start. Ooh. Chandler Kramer. Like, first one that yep. pops in my mind. Chandler Kramer. Any, anybody else have one that pops in your mind? Like, you're like, I don't remember them. Maybe you, like, had a general awareness, but, like, you're like, I didn't really know them. Maria Oliva. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, and she qualified into yeah. the Disc Golf Pro Tour finale, so that was that was sick. She, like, came out of nowhere and was like, ha-ha, made it. <laughs> she, I know, it's incredible. Um, 
Any for you, Evan or Nick? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more obvious, but Isaac Robinson, I heard of his name. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would, I, I said this before, whenever I would do like average round rating stats and all that, I'd always have to mark him out in some way to a minimum events. I mean, he only played like two, so it's pretty easy just to say minimum three events, mm-hmm. but I was just like, like this guy, he just puts up crazy good round ratings like once a year and that's all he plays. Like he can't do it on a whole season. Like I didn't know anything about his game. Uh, and here he is pushing a tour championship playoff. I think there's kind of two for me and they're a little bit tied, but they're, it's weird. Cause I'll say this Gannon Burr, I knew about him, but last year I wasn't saying he was going to win any tournament. And very early on this year, there was many, many possibilities very early on as well that he could have won the tournaments. And then to finish out the way that he did this year was incredible. And then Nicolas Antilla mm. or Antia. I don't know exactly how you say Antia. it, but he was someone, he was someone <laughs> who, you know, played mostly overseas. But then when he did come over, especially towards the back half of the season, really kind of like commentators were saying his his name a lot you're hearing his name a lot you're seeing his name a lot that was someone i think those two players just the strides that gannon took this year i think were so incredibly impressive and i know he won rookie of the year last year but at the same time just the strides that he took to go from rookie of the year to winning a major to you know placing top four consistency wise throughout the pro tour championships was incredible and then i'll kind of start it off on the fpo side I think I'll agree with Hannah. Maria Oliva had some incredible tournaments this year and made a great name for herself. And then even someone um, who has had success in years past, but now you're really hearing about her a lot, is Valerie Mandahano. Just Mm -hmm. came out this year and played incredible at some events and won some tournaments that you'd almost think like the Portland Open was so beyond impressive because you don't look at Valerie as a distance player. But for her to be able to attack a course and make it her own, the consistency that she had this year. Same thing. She shot the hot round in FPO during the Pro Tour Championships. I think the first round that she had played in it, she shot better than anyone else did that tournament. So, Valerie and Maria. Okay. And the chat said Stat Mando in general. <laughs> Who's Stat Mando now? Whoa, now we know. Um, and this is a name, and I know you said a few, Nick, that are like, well, we knew who they were. And I feel like Cat yeah. Merch, like, Mm-hmm. Yep. That name to me this year stood out a lot more, more so than any other year where you're like, huh, I know Kat Merch, like she hangs out with Nico or whatever, like back in the day. And it was like, now she made a name for her play. So mm-hmm. that stands out to me. Um, and then also, go ahead. I think Holland Hanley. Mm-hmm. I was just um, about to say someone in the chat posted that and I was going to bring that up afterwards, but go ahead. Like I've, we've been paying attention to her cause she won the Phoenix ladies open last year mm-hmm. or not the Phoenix Ladies Open. She, she I think won. It was Maricopa. Was it Shelly Sharp? Was it Shelly Sharp or was it Maricopa? Oh man, I'll look I it up. I think it was Shelly Sharp. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna beat you to it. Nope, Maricopa. Dang it! Oh, <laughs> guys, don't even to test lie. me. Don't even <laughs> test me, Evan. Anyway, she yeah, won that over internet. Jennifer Allen and Katrina Allen, and everyone was like, "Who the heck is this?" Mm-hmm. Um, but this year she played amazing um, and had a great finish at Worlds and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. had some really great finishes this year. So it was cool. By the way, that win over both the Allens, who aren't related, but both the Allens, was eight months after her first PDGA tournament. I know, she's like, an literally, animal. Literally eight months. And I remember when that happened, we're just like, who is this random person who, COVID disc golfer, who's now yeah. beating the world champion and, and Jen she Allen? She just was lifts it? weights and for FPO fun, guys. I don't know how yeah. to explain her. 
Was it right after DD was like, oh, yep, we're sponsoring her? Or was she sponsored by DD during no. that event? I don't remember. No, I don't no, think she it, had a sponsor. I think she got DD at the beginning of this year. I don't, even, okay. I don't even know if it was before. I remember she played really well at LVC, and I think she picked it up right around then. Mid-season? This year? This, th- this really? year. I think so. But it definitely wasn't last, last year. year. Matt, I have a topic. Okay. What is it? Oh, is that like okay? Yeah, like we're, oh my we, gosh, can, okay. we can move on. Or is it like okay? I, I, no, no, no. We can that was go an to okay it. with a period. I was. I Matt was has some topics. I was reading something when you said that. He has some it. topics he thinks is better, but no, he's gonna no, let you no. go. This is something that I saw when I was. It, I think it happened at the beginning of this past week, and it sort of went under the radar because I didn't really see anybody talk about it. But the PDGA has launched their own PDGA Live app. I've got it. Um. It's got a scorecard, live what? scores, uh, rules, a.k.a. the PDGA version of Live, Laugh, Love, scorecard, live rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. um, I love uh, – they said they have a searchable rule book, which I'm really pumped for because I'm about to start calling the rules on everyone. Let's do it. <laughs> Imagine like you're like, I've got 30 seconds. Here we go. Yeah, they've um, got the rules. They also yep. have – I thought it was also funny that they highlighted one of the features that they had as dark mode. Yes, <laughs> like, they're so. Why do you oh, have? Hannah, why you don't even know. Mode? Why does that feel like your grandma or grandpa? For those blow golf like, rounds. Well, everyone, <laughs> everyone loves dark mode. Like every single mode. that's what the app that's what the cool like kids are doing. Hannah, have is that dark what the mode youth on, is doing? You guys? Dark mode. I'm gonna go to Wait, dark mode right now. Is that what the youth is up to? Hold on, let me try dark mode. Dark mode, everything. Here you go. Put put it Hold on, let me see. Oop, dark mode. Oh, not dark. wait, that's oh, dark mode. Better. Not dark. It's wait. better on your eyes. It uses yeah, less battery power because it's less uh, total light. Uh, it looks cooler. Good it's what the cool rounds. kids do as well. What a yeah, actually, at, to do. at at Live, night, laugh, love. At night, it's easier on your eyes. Um, Ooh, like, look, if, you I mean, I don't know. If you're on your phone at, yeah. if you're on your phone at, uh, like in bed or something, I mean, you can do like the orange <laughs> or blue light, whatever that that special honey, setting is. Honey, turn off too. the lamp, Anna, don't you? Have no, I'm just reading the PDGA rules, honey. Blue light glasses. <laughs> don't worry, but, guys. I am hip and fun. Oh, that's a blue light filter. If that's what we're it? doing right now. I've got the blue light filters too. Whoa. <laughs> Matt, you look nice. like a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a Did Matt just get smarter? Matt, I'm pretty you're smart the guy now. that wheels in the Why uh, is everything so clear now? This is amazing. These readers are Did you are hear like, that, Hannah? You like that? Super sharp. There you go. I can read the chat for once, and he they're not. Said you wheel in the laptop cart. <laughs> That's you, Matt, the guy who wheels in the laptop cart. Uh, I think I think Matt's too old to understand that reference, Ben. Yeah, I probably am. That's awesome. Okay. Well, anyway, they really nice. just did that. So, like, yeah. how does Udisc feel about that? Are they gonna have dark eh. mode? Do they have a dark so mode? So Udisc doesn't do Udisc, live school. They launched. They launched dark mode earlier this year as well. <gasps> did you not oh, know I that? I got no, that's why I'm it, here for your I think show. It, I think it goes to whatever <laughs> setting your phone or browser is in. Ooh, yeah. um, uh, I don't know if you can change it. You probably can. Maybe you can't. I don't really know, actually. Uh, I just use whatever Pretty soon, it, it's going to be like you're going to have your own Udisc page. And if you go to someone's page, a song will play. And then it just becomes MySpace. <laughs> and we're back to MySpace. <laughs> that was the coolest thing. That's uh, that's like, how our PDGA <laughs> player profile should be on the PDGA.com. Yes. When someone clicks my name to see, oh, how's he doing at a tournament? Or Where are done. you? Yes. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. We're, let's talk about Eagles crossing match play for just a minute. We just paid out 35 a week. 
the the pro tour paid out thirty five thousand dollars to the winners each of the championship. That's three hundred and two thousand dollars. There is a topic to be had there, which is in disc golf right now. Besides the few elite salary earners, which is a small percentage of the sport, that probably weren't that concerned with thirty five thousand dollar payout, but they were there for the prize, like the the title. Then you had some who were probably like. The title would be great, but man, if I can get fourth place and take home 9,000, that's pretty good too. Like happy to take the money, right? And we saw that USDGC, the money prizes. For most players, the high, high payouts of 20,000, 25,000, 35, like that is massive. That's like career changing for them, for most players. However, at the very top, someone like Ricky wins this. And you got to think, I mean, $35,000 is not just like chump change, but in some sense, you don't think like he's not playing for the money, but here we go. Eagles crossing, putting up a match play event and they're giving away a hundred thousand um, dollars to select players who have signed up for this event. And I'm sure they've went out and marketed these players. Eagles going to be there. Um, who else? I'm trying to think off the top Simon, of my head. Simon, Scott Simon, Stokely, Ricky, Stokely, Stokely Brody Smith. And the winner no, is guaranteed. No, Brody's no. not. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Brody's coming to battle for Bedford. Nice. Oh, okay. The Bigger winner, event maybe. I'm just kidding. The yeah. winner is hey. guaranteed $50,000, 50000 to the winner. So it's not sanctioned. It's not normal stroke play. But here's what happens when you get somebody into the sport who is well off. And I've been described, I've, I've heard it described that this owner, and I apologize, I don't have his name off the top of my head. Anybody know his name? Okay. He is the guy <laughs> that like, will walk into like Pawn Stars, right? Like the show and be like, I've got the ruby red slippers from like Wizard of Oz and like auction them off for like $500,000. Like he's like interesting in that way where he's so well off. He's got all these crazy things. And if you look at his property, look at like what he does eclectically towards like these teapads, like massive, interesting structures. Let's just mm -hmm. put it this way. The guy is rich <laughs> and he's wanting to put the spotlight on his course and he's been paying for players to come out there for the last few years. He's had it designed a certain way. And now he realizes money talks. So he's trying to get the players out there. The course looks great. I have nothing bad to say about it. I've never played it. But where are we at as a sport when now we're starting to get rich or richer people into it? Dylan Cease. Remember on our show, he mentioned this. Like, hey, has anybody put up like $200,000 prize? Like, um, I'm sure Andrew Zimmern would be happy to do something in this ballpark. The point here is the prize purses are going to keep getting higher and the, the winner cash payouts are going to keep getting bigger. Like, what does this do for our sport? Is like, where are we going to get to? Is this just the beginning? Are we going to get to like half million dollar payouts or million dollar payouts? Like any insight at all you would like to bring? Yeah. Any three of you? Nobody. <laughs> go, Nick. What do you got? Yeah, what go for it, Nick. Uh, I mean, I think if you're doing it professionally, adding in the money like this and you know, saying let's let's say it was five hundred thousand dollars to the guaranteed winner. I think outside sponsorships like a Barbasol, um, a Johnson, uh, whatever one did it last year for the DGPT finale. I think companies like that kind of see a little bit more legitness. I'm kind of like legitimizing their events into having a reason to kind of put into those events as well. Um, I think when you I mean, when you look at disc golf years and years ago, you had players, you know, I'm pretty sure Stat Mando tweeted about this today, but Kristen's $35,000 win 
was more than what did someone say ken climo's first 10 world championships combined yeah, that, that was on the broadcast. Today was mm-hmm. uh, specifically at players. I can pull it up real quick. It was yeah. uh, Steve at Statmando tweeted it, and so Statmando account mm-hmm. retweeted it. But it is the $35,000 paycheck, $35, paycheck, excuse me, is more than Paige Pierce's first 14 major wins, which was about $33,000. Uh, it was larger than Corver's, Juana Corver's, 1992 until 2020 Elite Series and Major cash from all events at 28,000 uh, and change Elaine King's career uh, FPO elite series and major winnings. Her whole entire career is at 32,000 mm-hmm. uh, Des Redding's career, 37 uh, elite series and major wins at 31,000 and change. And Val Jenkins first 33 elite series and major wins at $34,000 and change. Whoa, so what the heck? Yeah, so we can see the strides that Disc Golf is taking. And then also in the last two years of the pro tour of the outside sponsorships putting up, helping put up this money. I mean, Bushnell was a, was a um, sponsorship that did not come from Disc Golf. They invested into Disc Golf. Barbersol, Johnson, a lot of outside companies. I know Tito's Vodka did something for the FPO division um, at... Uh, I forget the name of the tournament down in Texas. Lone Star Classic, right? Was it Lone Star Classic? Okay, so Lone Star Classic. I I don't know, Nick Carl, was it? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you guys. Asking (laughs) that Mando. I could probably look it up quicker, but I'm just kidding. So I think having that and having these bigger paydays is almost, in a sense, creating more of a professional outlook on disc golf. And then also, for the people who don't know how... You know, and this is kind of cool. Evan brought this up in our group chat, but we had talked about this actually, Hannah, Paul, and I today with some people. Venus Williams actually commented on one of the Jomez videos, and it was the one where they were doing a trip out to Guatemala. And so I think as you're seeing the sport increase popularity-wise, professionalism, you're seeing these outside players from different sports and even just outside famous celebrities in general coming into the sport of disc golf. And I think as we see these payouts increase, we are going to get players who, you know, let's say aren't making it in the sport that they're trying to switching over to disc golf. I mean, Holland Hanley was an athlete before she came into disc golf. And now look at the stride she's made in just less than two years time, getting third place at the world championships this year, qualifying for the pro tour championships. I mean, the amount of money that we see increase in disc golf, I think is also going to increase the eyes that we have on disc golf. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honest to goodness, like Matt and I were talking about this last week, a darts tournament, the player who won, I think, Worlds for the darts tournaments back in 2019, Michael Van Gerwen, made, it was like $680,000 for winning the world championships in darts. And that's throwing, you know, from seven feet, nine inches at a dartboard all night. Well, I mean, multiple days throughout the whole thing. But we see kind of the popularity that that sport has grown. And now I think right. disc golf, as these payouts are increasing, the popularity is also going to increase. Yeah, because it just draws in talent, and talent mm-hmm. is exciting. Money it's talks. It's fun to watch. It's entertaining. It talks, and advertisers, as you said, it, see that. Like, oh, there, there's people willing to put this much money into something? Like, I'm willing to put my product there because people will spend money on my product. It, well, also, just, really quick, like, Gannon Burr just trying to graduate early. Yeah. I think he's trying to graduate in January, mm-hmm. and no one's like, you know, not that I know of, but when I had first met Paul and everything, I feel like no one was really doing that. Mm. Like it was kind of like, yeah, maybe this whole disc golf thing will work out like, haha. And I think a perfect example of that is AB because Anthony Barella is super good. And he was like, 
five or six years or I don't know, five or six years, but like three or four years ago, graduating high school and then like thinking about college or, you know, having to make that decision. He's like, no, I'm going to college. Like mm-hmm. a, I want the experience. B I want the backup plan. Like how much like, money did Gannon bird just make like $40,000 right. in two weeks? Like I didn't yeah, make he, that. Yeah. He almost, he almost made $60,000 in two weeks of playing disc 15 golf. years yeah. ago. I wasn't like, I just got married and I wasn't even, I don't think I was tapping $40,000 15 years ago. Like, I know I'm like 15 years ago, but the point is he's 17. He just made that in two weeks. So like, that's where it comes from. Yeah. So money's Mm going to make it so that more players can do this as like a legitimate job. And that's going to change the sport altogether because it's going to professionalize it in a much greater way than, than people going and camping. Like on the ground, I'll just tell you my experience, like a showing up at MVP open or something like that is way different every year than what I watch on DGN every week. We don't get to see the players on DGN like camping out in the parking lots, eating their oatmeal out of a little camping bowl and then walking to their tea time. It, you get mm-hmm. to see like the professional side when the cameras go live and everything. Right. But like the sport is still at this interesting <laughs> grassroots place where players are doing that. But I'm saying once the players start earning yeah. a real living, like I don't think that will be the case and it will just change the feeling. So I want to say yes and no to that because we all we all know that Paige makes a substantial amount of money, mm-hmm. but she chooses to live the van life because that's a life that she loves living. Casey White was on a random podcast. I forget which one it was, but he's, he had this great kind of saying with it where he was like, I choose to live in a van because I want to. That's what makes me happy. Now, players, let's say like Kristen or let's say Paul, who do well with the sport, they make a lot of money with it. They each have a different lifestyle and how... They're living compared to other people like Paul is, you know, potentially let's fly to the event or take the RV or let's get an Airbnb and we'll link up with six other people. Everyone kind of splits the Airbnb cost. Now you have other people who are driving in a Honda Odyssey with a bed in the back of it and they are eating the oatmeal in the morning. But a lot of those players like a James Conrad with the substantial increase in pay that he got, he still chooses to live that van life. There will be people who do that. that. Exactly. He's got that nomadic lifestyle to him. And uh believe me, he could afford to hotel or Airbnb every single week with friends. And I think a lot of those players are starting to kind of. You want to know what? You want to know what it is? You know, you guys want to know how we tell? How can The amount of animals that are on tour now. That's how you know. (laughs) Yeah. This golf's making it by the amount of dogs that you see on the course. Oh, they got a dog too? All right. True. No, that's (laughs) a good point. They be balling. Dogs are not cheap, man. Or we'll put a pin in that. I agree, Nick, that that's part of the grassroots of disc golf. Mm-hmm. And there will always be those players who want that. But mm-hmm. I think if you have a hundred touring players who are fully professional, able to fly into events, and I'm talking like Simon status and higher there, mm-hmm. it's going to change. Like people are going to get married. They're going to like, it, this is look at PGA, like the PGA. What long story short, they're making a lot of money. Now they're just flying in their own private jets. But yeah. I think you will start to see the sport shift. That's all I'm saying. What were you no. going to say? Evan? All right. Let me, let me, let me ask I, this really quick. Just really quick. Do you think and then Evan go? Yeah. Thanks. And then do you think van lifers, do you think it's good or bad? Like I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't think it's bad, but I just feel like it doesn't allow our players to show off at the same level as they could. If they were coming in using everything that was to their advantage, I'm talking like sleeping uh, they're going to say they love their van, but like, I don't know. It just stands out differently to me. It's a different vibe and maybe it's a good vibe, but it's just on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's different at these events than what you see in the live broadcast. All right, Evan. 
I, I wanted to flip it around and say uh, the big money that we have in events now not only means more to the players, but it gives a lot more to the fans. So I think this big money skins match, if the winner was getting five grand and that's all that was on there, like who's going to care about it? Like people are going to still watch it on, on GK because it's fun to do and see the players, but it's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to feel like anything. But now that they can say that the winner is getting $50,000 and that you said there's over $100,000 total, yeah. that makes it a really big deal. And now uh, like I I'm tuning in. I need to know what happens. Like I may not be able to watch all of it, but I'm definitely going to find out who does well, who wins, or if there's post-produced, whatever it is, like I'm going to want to consume it in some sense. Uh, and that's the huge difference. And that's by putting this money on, you get the big players and I would want to see it for big players. I mean, I'm not trying to see no offense, Nick, but like you and a few other Virginia locals playing for a hundred thousand hey. dollars may not sell as well <laughs> as, as, as um, all the big names you listed, I'm already forgetting who's showing up. I was just going to mm-hmm. say that though, and I want to follow up with you on that because you were just talking about how the money does this to where like, hey, I want to watch. It's a big deal now. But then you're like, but if it was like some randoms, I wouldn't. And some part of me goes, I'd want to watch the randoms more than I do these other players who are already making all the <laughs> Maybe. money. Maybe like it could yeah. be really exciting to see Nick yeah. going for that. And that was harsh to Nick. Like, like no, Nick no, obviously. I, I, <laughs> dude, I, I totally, I totally get what you mean. But, yeah, don't believe yeah. me. I'm not taking offense. But to the it. other side of it is, and you can't man you. You can try to manufacture drama and excitement, but part of me feels like the Eagles Crossing event. This guy is just rich. And he's throwing money out there. And to me, it doesn't mean anything. It's like these players are loving it because they go out there and throw and they're like, this is pretty fun and easy money. Like they love doing it. But like at the end of the day, I'm like, the dude's just paying money out for people to go play his course. And it just doesn't have that. Like, what does it mean? Okay, you're winning money, but this is back to the point of the championship. Do you want to win $35,000 or do you want the title? Like I want the world title or I want the championship title or I want USDGC. Or is it literally coming down to the money? I have no problem with exhibition matches. I think they're fantastic. But the end of the day, it's like, eh, it's easy money. They throw the shot. They're like, thanks for that couple thousand or whatever. I don't know. I can see both sides of it. Hannah, you raised your hand so nicely. Yeah. Would you pay Evan um, to watch the coverage? Because it's going to be a pay-per-view model. No. Would would somebody pay for me to watch it? Yes. No. Would you pay? Would, would I pay? Are to you watch interested it? enough in the Eagles Crossing Big Money Skins Championship to pay the pay per view price to be able to watch it? That's a great question too. I think it's fourteen ninety nine. I don't want to say um, just a skins match, like I'm yeah. throwing shade, but it's not a major. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I mean, fifteen bucks. I mean, you try to compare that to other things in disc golf. That's less than what USDGC costed last year, that's but sweet this year gas maybe. But, Depending on where you are. Maybe, yeah. But like it, it comparing it to disc golf, sorry, not to d- discredit that, but just I'm just thinking disc golf right now is like DGN is what uh, I think twelve dollars a month now. And if you have a PDGA subscribe uh, membership, it's half that. And I'm like, what else is costing fifteen dollars a month? Um, like not a lot in disc golf. Like that's a full month product for that um right. for Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. And so fifteen dollars for an event is a little bit tough to sell when you have no clue going into it. But USD, USDGC did that plenty of times in the past, even before Disc Golf Network, when they used to stream yeah, it themselves. A, mm, and the yeah, quality, you didn't know what you were getting into. And people were skeptical. That's my point. Is people were skeptical because they didn't know the quality. They didn't know um, much about it. I think having GK being a familiar face is helpful. Um, I mean, 
but who knows how live is going to go. It's a whole different beast. We saw Jomez have some hiccups when they try to do live commentary for worlds, not even live filming. Uh, it, it's just as tough. And it, I think it's going to get people skeptical. I I'm really curious on how well it'll sell though, because people really do love skins, uh, especially GK skins. They like the personalities of people when they play it and how it's set up the whole, like it's, it's one of the most popular video series in disc golf. USDGC. People love disc golf. USDGC was a pay-per-view in the previous years and people were like rip roaring. How am I going to spend 20 bucks for whatever, 15 bucks or whatever it was. I did some rough math. I'm not going to say anything beyond that. (laughs) And they're making, they were making over a hundred thousand dollars at least on the coverage. Okay. And the point is people will pay for it as much as they'll say they hate to. So, but I, there's a title to be had there. So, like, I don't blame anybody for yeah, going that's to pay per view. That's my thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame anybody like for putting stuff behind a paywall, like Eagles Crossing or anybody. Like, if people want to pay for it and they are, then they are. That's the product they want. So that's fine. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah. Go ahead, Nick. I'm I'm pretty sure you're not just paying for one round of skins. Everyone was kind of explaining this in our group chat of how the skins format is working for this event. Ben, can you keep it on four up? I like kind of <laughs> talking with everyone. Um. <laughs> So I enjoy, or excuse me, um, I don't think it's a normal format of you're just watching four players play skins. Like there's a whole different format to it. And this is why I'm kind of wondering why they're calling it a skins match. Evan, what what was the name of it? Can you kind of give a brief little rundown on it, please? So from what I heard, the the first two rounds will be. Is that what um, we're calling Evan now? Are we calling Evan big money? Big daddy money. Big money. Big, okay, that's I don't like that. Uh, that moving on. Fast. That so there, one got out of hand. There's 96 players, and on Friday they they will do a seeding round, and they'll be using the McGressive scoring system, which is based off the stable uh, Stableford scoring system. So what it is is there's no me- negative points for bogeys or worse, uh, but a par is worth one point, a birdie is worth four points, eagles are worth nine points, and an albatross is worth 15 points. Um, so I'm curious if anyone get an albatross or eagle, but mm-hmm. I mean eagle is definitely possible there. There's a few eagles but, crossing. Uh, that's true. Uh, then on Saturday they'll move to a round of 48. Um, so I think they'll just cut it in half. I'm not sure exactly how that'll work. Um, but then they'll go to uh 12 groups of four and they'll use the progressive scoring system again. The 12 winners of each group of winners of the card, kind of like the old tour championship format, will move on plus the four highest non-winners, again, similar to the tour championship where you'd have a few wild cards make it on. So that is 16 players will move on to a second round on Saturday, which will be a skins round, which is $200 per skin, which is still a good amount for not being the main show. Um, and the, uh, the highest skin winner from each group will advance to the championship on Sunday, which will then have skins between uh, looks like a thousand to twenty five hundred, and then at least thirty k in skins with at least fifty k going to the winner. So intriguing format, an interesting format, and the amount of disc golf that we will get to see. I'm curious how the live is going to work with it. Um, if I'm so I have people staying at my house this weekend. I have people, I have a big tournament going on this weekend. I would love to catch up on it as much as I can. But if this was an absolute free weekend to where all I was able to do was watch disc golf, a hundred percent would be paying for it. Honestly, I probably am still going to pay for it because I love the GK pro guys. We have a great partnership with my business and their business. 
And then also because it's something to where maybe if I catch it right, depending on how their life works, I'll be able to put it down in the garage when we're all hanging out, putting and playing darts. So $15 for me um, personally, and I know everyone's life is a little bit different. I'm very, very happy to support this event with $15 of mine. Um, Like I said, that's just me personally. Now, well, Nick, you're someone who would pay a hundred bucks to play the beast, dude. Out, no, Yarva, Yarva, oh, sorry. I, old old school Yarva would happily pay a hundred dollars, dude. I've played hundred dollars to play around to golf, and I we suck at golf. That. We got to clip like, that again and make it an old fashioned yeah. new intro. That was I'm, exactly. I'm just gonna tell everyone that was our intro back in the day, like back Way in the first episode. That was like first twenty pre episode five. We were talking about pay to play courses, and I know people kind of complain about pay to play courses. I know. Um, Eagles Crossing, someone was saying, I think is $28 on weekdays, but then $35 or $38 on weekends. I'm not really sure. The amount of time, money that guy is putting into that course, I think is great. Like, is it's crazy how much time and money go into that course. And then with inflation, the way that prices have gone up and everything, I mean, I run an eight wheeler Ventrac. And if I do that all day, I'm going through five to 10 gallons a day sometimes with how much work that that thing gets. And with the way gas prices are now, like, that's it's a lot of money that goes into it. And so, yeah, I think course prices are going to increase for that reason. Now, some places do offer yearly memberships. Um, the Goliath course that I currently live on will have yearly memberships available, but it will also be a pay-to-play course. So yeah, it kind yeah, of just is what it is. I was explaining to someone, because uh, our area in Virginia doesn't have very many pay-to-play. And mm-hmm. pay-to-play is just like you're guaranteed a certain experience when you go on the course. Mm-hmm. And some people want that and some people don't care. And some days are different than others. That's that's like literally it. And then mm-hmm. usually if you lose your disc or something, there's a way of it's more organized. There's a way of getting it back. Um, I know for me, uh, I always felt safer when I was on pay to play courses because you check in. And if mm-hmm. you're playing by yourself and you don't check out, <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> at least they'll know. <laughs> like, now, if someone- yeah, if someone says they don't want to pay to play a course that's just absolute garbage, doesn't have upkeeping kept to it, believe me, like I can totally understand that. But I can tell you right now, for the amount of work that Hannah's father has put into that course, Woo. makes it very, very well worth the price that you would pay to play this beautiful course. And I'm just gonna, you know, yeah, low key kind of yeah. put a um, an personal thing out there. But Hannah filmed a video today with a bunch of us, and so that'll be dropping soon. You'll actually be able to see the course in more of a legitimate. No environment no, which is going to be incredible <laughs> we have t-pads on the course now they were a little slick today due to the massive doo-doo, amount doo-doo. of rain we got last night due <laughs> to doo-doo. Yeah. Slick due to the massive amount of rain that we got last night and then the leaves but those will all be cleared <laughs> up by all right yeah. hold on a second hold on a second so evan before you were here your stand-in dinosaur friend was here um playing your part and yeah intern ben put up this graphic of a dinosaur going back and forth and matt and nick just they just kept the same energy like nothing was even happening but the minute that he says do do while he's trying to make a point everyone loses their mind i said do too matt took it the child this way and said do do what is I love it here. Matt, yeah. Matt has kids. Like he's just his mind's on that. I'm not blaming him. Okay, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. I have an idea. You make a nine-hole pitch and putt on Goliath called David. Okay. Let's go, David. David. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. That idea has been in the works for like oh, four years now. Nice. David will be the short. David will be on the short way out. 
Yeah, Dave, David will be the short right. layout for the course. I'll, but that's on I'll the give that oh, one to you for free. Short layout on the same long layout. It just feels different. <laughs> okay. It's it's gonna it's gonna play a little bit different. You know how Reds yeah. doesn't go over towards hole eleven at Maple Hill? Yeah. You don't cross mm. that hillside of it. Yeah. That's generally how we're trying to plan it out to where it is yeah. less walking. It's way more family <laughs> but, friendly than what the Goliath layout is. I wanted to bring this back a second to skins because we were talking about that. And yes. Nick, I remember our conversation that we had off air, uh pretty much I I was kind of saying that i think the skins just the the way it's um kind of mapped out in the style of the disc golf isn't the most engaging of course when you watch gk mm -hmm. pro skins and how the players are mic'd up like that's it's incredible to watch and it's a whole experience but having that same kind of idea with a different kind of scoring system was kind of more of my point. Yeah. And yeah, with yeah, Eagles yeah. cross and, and I didn't have an idea of what would be better. I had no clue. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, it's, do something different than stroke play. Uh, and, and had heard of the, uh, Stapleford system before, but this new variant, I really, really like where just bogeys just, eh, you get zero points. Who cares? <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, if you get a triple bogey, it's the same thing as getting a single bogey. So why not just go for, you know, the, the good scores. Yeah. And I think these first two rounds would be really interesting. I'm excited to see how this goes and uh i i i, I want to take it in and figure out like my schedule and how it'll work because and if those are live streamed the same as the final yeah. day is i think i'm almost more interested in the round of 96 than the round of 48 well, uh, to see how this goes with that scoring method i think you're going to see a lot of really fun aggressive play styles let's exactly let's say you're let's say you're at the drop zone you threw a b on your drive but you still have potential to save part of drop zone you got this 400 foot forehand shot like you're yeah. going to see people play that super aggressively and maybe we'll catch a throw in like i mean i think there's a lot of really cool ways because okay let's say they throw it out of bounds again whatever they just you know walk away yeah. from the hole i don't know if you can technically it, concede the if hole, you have, but if they get a bogey on it then it's, it's zero points you're fine you're, you just go to the next one now if you're 80 feet out and you're playing for par you're you're trying to make it because if, yeah. if you lay up and tap it in or if you miss by you know inches and fly past it and go ob you're getting the same score mm -hmm. so you're going to see some uh aggression even in that like saving making big putts like i i like it I'm that's such a simon this. thing to do too because he's so good at throwing in shots if you just watch his vlogs he's incredible at just throwing in those 100 foot 200 foot shots yeah and so maybe we'll see a couple of those this weekend i don't yeah. know I, uh, I really do think the format of it i'm curious to see but it does sound intriguing to me yeah next time we play around i i want to try this do it out. i think it'd be fun group trip uh to virginia okay maybe Please, That's all right. Commitment. Come on down. First, first things first. Hannah, is your where's your podcast available for people to listen to? We've seen the chat a few times. Ask. Oh, it's available everywhere except for Apple Podcasts, and I don't know because I've submitted my request form to be on Apple Podcasts seven times. Okay, and then is there any so... way for people to watch it or not watch it, but listen on YouTube or anything? No. Yeah, um, so it'll be on DGN, I think, for the off season, and it'll be um, we'll be going back to video because Christine and I will be at our home, so we'll be able to do video and Ooh, exclusive. Um, yeah, let's go. Um, but audio is available. And now for a Nick and Matt show exclusive. Nick knew it was going. <laughs> I did right when he said "ooh exclusive." I was like, "Damn it!" Okay, so I love that. So <laughs> we got to come up with more. Um, you can make it the hand on macho. <laughs> so, <laughs> Everyone remember exclusive. this. Exclusive. Clip it. He said it. <laughs> so Get that Evan out of here. is something I wanted to give you um, an <laughs> opportunity to shout out. So that's cool. Okay, People thanks. are excited to have you on this show, but they can yes. go check out more there. Um, yes. Let's do this. Nobody was warned about this and we have a little bit more to talk about, but let's go ahead and jump into, we should have ready judge that disc golfer. 
Boom. Judge that disc golfer. The game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. Oh. Tonight's guest. Is this him? Intern Ben, everybody. I think I've met him. Yes, we all have, but we do not know. And he's going to be roasted. We have to guess how he answers. Everybody, Ben, intern Ben, I should say. Intern Evan ben. has five the, points. Yeah, let's go. Uh, anyway. This is gonna be the this is gonna be the most chaotic judge that disc golfer. I yeah, I've I, ever I, seen. I wasn't expecting this either, so I have no idea what's happening. All right, wait, hold on one second before we start this game. Evan has, or excuse me, intern Ben has to write down all of his answers. True. Yeah, oh, I agree. Idea. I don't trust him because the, I don't trust him. This is yep. the first time, and it kind of contradicts the shows the game shows like rules where it says like judge a yeah. disc golfer we've never met, but we thought it'd be fun because everybody has been hearing about intern Ben. He's always chiming in. He's a, they call it Benergy. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cool <laughs> things going on with this guy. Um, but we don't know how he's going to answer. We think we do. And I think the chat would like to play along those listening, driving around or at work, play along with us. I need us. the questions. Yeah. I'm giving you to that. Here we go. Oh, right First of all, what's your oh. name? Um, yeah, you write them after he okay, gives the yeah, yeah. question. I got you. What's your name? Uh, my name is Benjamin Daniel Kenny. Okay. Uh, where are you from? Like this area? Yeah, I live about uh, 10 minutes from Matt Graham. So Lester, Mass. Okay. Let's are go. you a member of the PDGA? Yes. Okay. I am. Proud member. So you have a PDGA number. Um, is it lower than 100,000 or greater? My rating? <laughs> can't be a rating. I was like, <laughs> your PDGA oh, number. It is higher than a hundred thousand. Okay. Um. So, how long have you been playing? April last year. So year in six. Months. Did you immediately get a PDGA number? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I'd probably in like May. I was hooked once okay. I started playing. He he runs a tackle shop and he says he's hooked. I get it. Okay. PDGA. Rating. What is your rating, Ben? Be proud, loud and proud. It was nine hundred. Now it's eight ninety three. Darn it! Oh man, I went down seven points this month. That's okay. All right. So, but how much are you up on the year? Like a hundred points, I'd say. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, you um are eight ninety three rated. Uh, do you play tournaments? Yes. What's your best lot. finish in a tournament in what division? Uh, I played <laughs> MA2 all all this year. People call me Sandbagger, but that, that that's besides the point. Um, so you've won AM2? I've won AM2 twice. On an average round. Capital this open. On an average round Bagger. at an average course. Do you usually shoot under par? Um, I'd say average course. like yeah. Okay, pyramids. Silver or whatever yeah, it used to I'd be. say I'd say plus two pyramids whites plus two to negative three. <laughs> so Around okay, the, the question was: Do you on average shoot under par? <laughs> yes or no? Mm, no. Half the time, uh, yes. No, half the time, because no. Because I play a lot of Maple Hill. <laughs> okay. So well, you could play Reds and then you shoot under par all yeah, the time. Yeah, but I don't play. Reds. Simon's favorite layout. Maybe. You yeah. Why do you that. say it like that? Yeah. Some people reds. like Reds. Ben thinks he's. So good. I only play. Way too cool for reds. Yeah, exactly. Blues. 
Throwing putters isn't fun. <laughs> Throw Halo Destroyers and nothing to else. To put it in perspective, even Simon himself says, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't play gold. It's not even fun. So it's like... Hey, some of us used to throw Destroyers on reds, okay? So why don't we just... It makes it easier. <laughs> I, what? I was, I was saying that's all Ben okay. throws. Do you have a favorite disc golf professional? Matteo. <laughs> yeah. Ganonburr. <laughs> Dude, it's totally Ganonburr. Yeah, right it's now, 100% it? Ganonburr. Yeah. <laughs> Ganonburr okay. my favorite. What's a hobby besides disc golf that you enjoy? Fishing. Uh, he probably hates fishing. No, I'm he not, doesn't I fish. don't fish a, t- too much. I'm just so busy disc golfing. So, But I don't mind fishing. It's not like um, another Whistling. hobby. Whistling. Come on, what do you like to He's do? A whistler. M- making music. Oh, making music, dude. I we make got... music. I, I have like uh if I pull up Spotify right now, yeah, give I have out a song the shout with out. like six hundred thousand streams. I'm gonna look it up right now. And wait, this doesn't help me know more about your disc golf. No, game. hold on. Just I used second. to make music. Yes, it does. Wait till then you get the question. I played disc golf a lot. If so I look up I Ben Kenny, golf. it should pull it up, right? No, it'll pull There's someone a basis weird for first. Which I meant, actually. Okay, I found you though. Okay. So yeah, there we go. That's me. If I do this for a second, and then we just go to... You're going to have to go back to this game, so don't okay. change the stream deck yet. Okay. Here he is. <clears throat> 7,749 monthly listeners. Yeah. That's actually legit. So what's your most popular song right here? Wave well, Like the Ocean. It should play. Let's listen. Yes. <laughs> Exclusive. Oh, let's listen for that. My mama told me better. I'm really fed up. He's a little nervous. You go back to the game. Go back to the game. Ben's the most interesting person you'll ever meet. You, ain't got no you don't expect what you learn. No, but actually, your video might get flagged if you're live on YouTube and you're playing music from Spotify. But that's but it, it's I him. own it. I own he it, has so. to, He would have to claim it. Yeah, I own it. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was worried for you guys. That's okay. We just won't make ben, money off this one. you're a little rapper. That's yes. sick, dude. I didn't <laughs> even know. A little BK. That number, Ben, is good. This is how Ben gets paid, by the way. We used to say in jerky, but we need to send people to listen because he gets some money out I of do. the listeners. I do. So if you want to support him. in like two years. But, but if you want to support him. every the month. one who produced the... Um, the we like the ocean. for exclusives for the Nick and Matt. No, we should involve you, you in doing that? stuff for us. That'd be sweet. You that can mix cool. both. So I knew that he did that. So that question <gasps> kind of goes there. Um, let's see. We're getting to this point here. Um, okay. Don't give me a number, but answer this like in your head or no answer this portion I'll of the question. No answer this portion of the question okay. without saying a number. Have you ever measured the distance of your throws? Yes. Like actually measured it. Like six times a day. Yes. No, that's not. <laughs> so how did you measure it? U-disc. You used U-disc. Okay. That that tells me a lot. Um. So here we go. Let's get to the first question. Did you use it in dark mode? 
No, uh, yeah, I do actually. Dark mode. What'd you say, Nick Carl? <laughs> I said that's the only way. <laughs> All right, this here we go. First way. question: How far can you throw a disc? He's writing down his answer. Did you write it down? Did you think about oh, it? Did you uh, know what you were going to answer? Do you have a pen? Or are you just going to do it on your phone? I'll, I'll write it down. All right, everybody, get in the chat. What's Ben going to answer? I, I mean, we have an advantage here over a lot of the chat because we actually know him. Um, Nick, you go first. 520 feet. Dang it. I have to think how Ben's going to answer. He's going to say 495. No. I, okay, I'm just going to keep it. I know what he'll say, but go ahead, Hannah. You don't know him like we do. Um, muted. I'm muted. There you go. Yeah, um, four hundred feet. Four hundred feet. Evan. Oh, poor, poor Hannah. I said four eighty. Four eighty. Okay, I'm not going to. So I said four ninety five. Okay. So what is the answer, Ben? So I said four hundred fifty feet average. He said he went with his average. He actually went with the average. I wow. could. I could definitely cook it. Cook so it up to, uh, Evan got it. Let's go. He was close. What did Evan say? That's 480 or 480. Yeah, and Hannah said 420, right? No, no she 400. said 400. Yep, I certainly did. That's <laughs> oh, I exactly what I said. Yeah, Max, <laughs> I can probably get over 500. Even Gabe No, said I said it. 400. There you go. Okay, I thought you said 420. You keep plugging your phone oh, in. sorry, I'll unplug it. It keeps chinging for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I have all the notifications turned on. Okay, um, let's see. If Ben's let's, average... Uh, 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 let's, let's bump up the point. Oh, I yeah. forgot. I'm actually true. Yep. Put some respect yeah. on my if, man. Thank on my you. man Evan here. Ben's average disc golf round was described by using the names of candy. Which would he choose? Hot tamale, Rocky Road, Laffy Taffy, Mr. Goodbar, or Payday? His average round, how is he describing that with candy? <laughs> Hot tamales, Rocky Road, Laffy Taffy. Mr. Goodbar for Payday. <laughs> uh, I go These are going to be the names of his next single. Oh, yeah. he could do a disc golf album. Hey, so you got it written down? Yeah. I'm going with Rocky Road. All right, That's... Anna, you're up. Yeah, I'm going with Laffy Taffy. If this isn't Rocky Road, I'm going to sue someone. Yeah. That's uh, literally every round with Ben's going to have like seven double bogeys and like an eagle. <laughs> and so awesome. An eagle? Birdies. Wow. That's, yeah, I was going to say Rocky Road as well. Okay. we Hannah's the odd person out because she did doesn't Did he write down his answer? I did. This did. is not fair to Hannah. It's not fair. Hot tamale. Hot no, tamale. it's not. You're making no, it up. No, he's not. He's me. You know why? That's your hot? average no. round? Hot tamale because sometimes I get hot. Like, I get, like, angry. So that's what <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about. <laughs> I, I, I could see I could we see. We played MVP yeah. Open Am side. I was plus two with, like, five holes to go on golds. And I got, like, plus that I was livid. It's like, oh. Wait, you've played a round with Matt. Yes. And he's my competition. Yeah. And I'm supposed to judge you. Oh, we've this all played so... with him. We've recorded. Yeah, we've played, recorded yeah. vlogs together. All that's what I'm saying. This isn't fair. Oh, but, okay, wait, hot tamale is those videos. Okay, hot tamale is good enough. I sent you those it. videos before we started. Okay. <laughs> no, I have okay. definitely watched them. If you were ready, Jerry, Ben. Jerry, Hannah's dad got hot tamale. He did. Yeah, he did. He got hot Let's tamale. Go it's on delay. She's sending him the message. <laughs> okay. If if you were ready to hit the tour, which we know you're close. 
What brand would you choose as your main sponsor? I always have to do this disclaimer. The monetary value of the sponsorship is the same for each of these. So it's not like, oh, this one's worth more. You have to assume they're all worth the same. All right. They will all pay your entry fees enough to travel to each event and lodging. Okay. Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but Ben, Nike, McDonald's, Red Bull, or Planet Fitness. What do you choose? Is there like, I'm going with them, obviously. <clears throat> and Hannah, you're on. Why am I first? Because we've made it to you. We <laughs> That's the order. Um, I'm going to say McDonald's. If you were Simon Lazat, you would say McDonald's. <laughs> um, let's see. See, whoa, 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 is it you? No, it's oh, Evan. no, it's not. It's you, Evan. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to say, like, it should be Burger King. I mean, BK, Big King, like, it just it, it writes itself. But I'm going to go with Mickey D's as well. Dang it. Now okay, both of you guys like go with Mickey D's. I like that. I was going to say Mickey D's, but. You can join. You know, Ben's the kind of guy who loves camping. But knows that if he has a Planet Fitness membership, he can go to their showers <laughs> yep. and use them. So does. I'm gonna say Planet Fitness. <laughs> yep. Do you remember? Was there a Planet Fitness commercial that did like the average guy? Like they showed like him walking, and like Planet Fitness is for you. Like I, I can <laughs> pick things up and put things. I can down. see Ben going in with like, isn't Planet Fitness like purple too? Like everything's yes, purple. Like, purple he yeah. wear the whole purple. Like, purple. Like I don't know. I'm just envisioning that. Um. I'm going to roll the dice here and say Red Bull. The way he downs these sugary drinks, I bring <laughs> And they're no Izzy, but I'm going to say Red Bull. I love Izzy's. All right. What do you got, Ben? McDonald's. Oh, man. Yes, I did it. <laughs> I got a <laughs> point. <laughs> I knew I should. Like, imagine being sponsored by McDonald's on tour. Like, that's so quirky. That's what I'm saying. And, and sick. That's what I'm saying. I, I would do it just for their breakfast. If they all still had steak, egg, and cheese bagels, I would like literally just go I was saying, you got to give, like, you're giving your shout outs and you're like, I got to think this craft and dry bags <laughs> and, and the local mom and pop shop. And I got to shout out McDonald's. Thank you so much. Yes. For <laughs> How cool is that? They're like, like serving millions and millions and billions of burgers <laughs> every millions day. daily. Yeah. So like, interesting mcdonald's like yeah they'll pay for you just get to wear like the big m logo yeah on like how cool is that nike i can wear nike every day of my life you gotta McDonald's. wear like red outfits with like the ronald mcdonald i gotta shoes. play with clown shoes basically <laughs> is what we're saying <laughs> okay <laughs> we gotta do a round like that <laughs> you gotta go out as <laughs> ronald mcdonald <laughs> oh, for my halloween goodness. You can be Ronald McDonald. Okay. We got off track. Here we go. If you were to choose unfavorable weather for a tournament round, what do you choose? <laughs> it's not It's not one of them. <laughs> starts cracking I don't up. get it. I don't even know what he's cracking up about. Me neither. Okay. It's going to be Nick who goes first. Uh, are you going to Are you going to chime in? Rain, no, I think snow, Evan goes wind. first. I, no, it's me, right? I'm all lost. Yeah, it's Evan. Wait, uh, yeah, wait uh, what are the options? Rain, wind, or snow. You have to choose unfavorable weather for a tournament round. A tournament round, so you have to play well. Rain, snow, or wind. And these want. are all these are all yeah. Choose which no, yeah, choose which one you want. All right. And this I'm gonna let him rain is really rainy, before. snow is really snow, wind is really windy. Like which one do you choose to go with? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Evan, now I know why you're laughing. I don't know why you guys are laughing. What, what? Okay, Evan. Are you, are you good? Are you settled? Yes. All right. I'm going to pick the one where you just don't have to change what you're packing <laughs> for... <laughs> For for snow, you got to make sure you're wearing boots and gloves and a warm jacket. Rain, you got to have a rain jacket, towels, umbrella. If you're playing in the wind, you're going to throw your same overstable discs as your normal round. Nothing's going to feel different. So I'm going wind. How many more questions do we have? There's going to be one, two. There'll be two. And if we need a tiebreaker. Three. All right. I'll go wind. I'm going wind as well. I'm going to go wind. I feel like we're Good like one, uh, planet. Well, what is it? Captain Planet? I choose wind. Rain. No, no, that's that's wrong. You're, you're... <laughs> Let's tell the story. See, we're I going out rain today. We're going out for a round like a month ago, and we're like all set to go. Me, Evan, and Ben. Like we're going here, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's starting to rain. He's like, it's raining. He's like, oh, bro, I, like, I think we need to shift the course. I think we need to go somewhere where the rain won't get us wet. <laughs> we're we're going to play Maple Hill, and it's a little, yeah. like, Maple Hill's kind of the open course okay, in New but England. that's also why And he's like, I, yes, but you go, I don't have an umbrella, I don't have a rain So you jacket. wanted to play Pyramids because it was yeah, more wooded, so that way the trees would cover. And I said, Easy Ben, money. have you ever played in the rain? And you said, like, once. <laughs> Ever. He, he he shows up. He doesn't have any towels. Doesn't have an umbrella. <laughs> Matt, Matt luckily has an extra umbrella it's in his car true. and some towels. Okay. He chose oh. the rain, though. We'll remember that. We played in the rain, yep. so why wouldn't I? Okay. I'll, I'll remember it. Next time it's rainy, we're getting out. Yep. You can't say no. I played today in the rain. <laughs> pouring, pouring rain. And I didn't get it. It was wet. drizzly at best. It was on the woods. Okay, here we go. How many putts for Ben go in from Circle's Edge if you gave him a stack of 10 putters? All... Th- all things the same, like no wind and all that stuff, not elevation. You're like circle's no edge, rain. no jump putt. Standstills from circle's edge, 10 putters. How many go in? Um, I'm answering. He's going to... No, it's s- mine. What? This time it's him? <laughs> yeah, it's Nick Carl. How did yeah. I get one on, ahead guys, the whole time? Up. Let's go. Do, uh, do you have it written down? Yes. Five. Is it what he wants to answer or what he is no, going to answer? No, this is a genuine answer from my heart, from my soul. Seven. Uh, three. Oh! That is a soulful answer there. That, that is soul. That is soul. Evan. She watched oh. a video of you putting a Tully. Yeah. yeah that was I, 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 I agree I, with her. I did a dagger <laughs> in the heart of your guys' team on 18. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a good putt. That was like a that was the edge of circle. I'm gonna go six. Split the difference between y'all. What's the answer in turn, Ben? Dude, why is Evan so good at this game? Six Let's of go. Ten. Oh my gosh, Evan is cracked. Honestly, Evan my literally plays the insane. most disc golf yeah. with Ben. I've played a lot with it's Ben. True. Yeah, <laughs> but, why is he so good at this? Oh, I, he knows him very, very well. <laughs> well that's impressive because if I was to play this game it with is. Nick, I think I'd have a hard time answering him too. I mean, we'll do it one day. Yeah, guys, fair, I only have time for one more. One more question. You, you, get, you guys kind of helped me out because I couldn't choose five. I couldn't choose seven. He's not that good. He's not going eight. I thought Dude, about honestly, going under. My strokes been but, getting better though. I hit good amount. If you were yeah. to get a disc golf tattoo, which would it be? We all know how this is played. Single basket, doink mm-hmm. putt. Hannah, Hannah knows him. Tasmanian I do. Devil. I do. Yeah, yeah, I ben know. Three six. No. Tasmanian Devil three sixty. A disc golf phrase like grip it and rip it like. Or death, but like a disc golf phrase, Tasmanian devil, doink putt, or a single basket. He's thinking hard. Now here. it's your turn, Matt. Now finally we've made it to me. 
And now I'm going to take a long time to answer just to annoy the chat. Um, I'm going to say it just seems to me that he is, he writes these lyrics to songs. I'm going to go with phrase, Anna. Basket. Like single basket, just standalone. Okay. Yeah, but I think it'd be weirder than that. Yeah, that's why like the doink putt seems right, but at the same time, he doesn't want a doink putt tattoo. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a phrase, but it might not even be totally disc golf related, but it might just be like Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> that's such an inside joke. No one's going to understand that. <laughs> Could it be dump and run? I'm going to go for I'm going to go phrase now. <laughs> No, I just literally made a joke, Nick. I have no clue what it's gonna be. Because I don't, I try not to swear. So instead of the word, I go Felipe. All right, Gerald Croak says the devil, which is Tasmanian. <laughs> Dang. All right, Nick, you said phrase. All right, give it yeah. to us, Ben. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I have a phrase tatted on my thigh already. I'm not a big tack guy. I think they look kind of ugly. So, yeah. <laughs> he hides it where but the sun don't shine. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see it? His thigh? Okay. <laughs> I was like, leave my face, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just, it's just a scenario. <laughs> actually, you know what's funny? I think funny? intern Ben needs his own show. But guys, I really do actually have to leave. Hannah, just Hannah, before thank you, you leave, thank very, you for coming. Much. We actually told him before the show, we can give him a chance to do the show intern Ben and upload it. That's fine. I know. Okay. Do you guys want to see that? Intern Ben. Show. All right. Peace out, Hannah. Thanks for coming. We had a good time. See you tomorrow. Oh, Get out yeah. of this game format. Okay. Peace. Three up. I just want to say uh, Three up. something real there quick. I also have another tad to cross. It's literally just like a line, like, zzz, zzz, and it was done by uh, <laughs> Wes Roderick, James's or uh, Nick's cousin. There wow, there's a connection. Yep. Nice. Okay, as we get to the wrap up point, general reactions. We could get really deep on this, but we don't need to. Nevins, my general reaction on Nevins, I don't love the fact, again, that like it was a course that nobody was prepared for. Like they would go and practice it, but it's so brand new. And I know a course has to start there at some point on a tour. But I didn't love that. We had talked about that, how it got put in place because another course fell through the whole thing. But mm -hmm. the fact that it wasn't the best spectator friendly or maybe the most video camera footage friendly, like watching it was like hard to tell. You don't know the course. But I will say I liked the course because every hole could have significant swings. And from a fan's perspective, seeing someone play for the final match of the year knowing that it could change in any given hole all the way down to the last hole made it exciting every round in that format. Everyone had to go hard. I liked it for that. What do you think, Nick or Evan? Ahead, um, Nick, I actually... Want... Go ahead, Evan. Are you ready? No, I was going to say you go ahead. Oh, all right. We're just being kind to each other yeah. after you. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, I actually... So on the coverage, there were some holes that I thought... Like, there was a couple of the par threes that I thought were actually pretty dinky that you wouldn't normally see too, too much on a pro tour level course. Um, but I'm, I'm all for the woods. I love watching woods golf. I know sometimes it is harder to watch the woods golf on cameras because you have... One camera angle from behind the T-pad, so you're seeing the disc fly forward, kind of away from you, but then all of a sudden you switch to halfway down the fairway, and now it's coming at you from a different angle. You're kind of like, okay, but where am I on this par four or par five? Um, but I can appreciate Woods Golf. I know a lot of the pros appreciated Woods Golf. I think it's kind of funny where 
a majority, 80% of the tour this year seemed like it was just on bomber, pretty open courses. And then all of a sudden they just throw you into the pro tour championships on what kind of seemed like arguably the tightest course besides for maybe Northwoods black. Um, but no, ultimately I actually did really like watching it. I, I like not having to watch a 500 foot flex shot every single hole. It is really cool to see pros show finesse in the woods. And I think players putting through trees and hitting these kind of almost Anheuser putts or big hyzer putts, flex putts, anything of that regards. We saw some incredible throw-ins from players at this tournament. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. Now the course in and of itself, I, I liked watching Charlotte's or Hornet's nest more than I liked watching. Nev- yes. Liked watching Nevins. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But um, ultimately I actually, I did enjoy it. And I think that's because I'm, I'm very biased towards woods golf. True. Evan, what are your thoughts? That that's kind of interesting. I think I like Nevin. Nevin's Nevin. I actually don't know. Nevin. I think, uh, I think it's Nevin. Nevin. Okay, Nevin's. it's too close to me. So. I think it is Nevin's. It's oh, Nevin's. Like, oh my! It's a park. <laughs> it's Nevin Park. Oh. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna say Nevin. Uh, I actually think it's better than Hornet's Nest. I mean, they're obviously kind of similar. Um, I liked hole 18 a lot. I I think that was mm-hmm. a makeshift hole for this, or it normally is there. I'm not sure, but I really liked that hole. Um, it did play a little hard during the tournament, but you saw how Ricky shredded it in the last hole of regulation, and then uh, the playoff uh, just shows you that yeah, it's a lot more shreddable than people think when you're that good. Um, and I did like that. I think. As as everyone else has kind of said, it is a little odd for the Pro Tour Championship, the final event of the year, the biggest spectacle, to have it be you know wooded course where you know 17 of the 18 holes are wooded, and the final one is the one that's not. Um, I think that's interesting. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think we can work with it more. I think woods courses can totally be used in the future. And as Nick, you're saying, we need more of them. We, we really don't have a full wooded course on tour at all. Um, and we, we have Northwood black, which is fully wooded, but it's paired with uh, Eureka or sunset. Uh, we have uh, Brewster Ridge is paired with Fox run. Then we have some other tournaments like Idlewild, Waco, Maple Hill, who uh, all have very wooded holes, but aren't hundred percent wooded. You know, mm-hmm. they have between like four to eight, more of open holes so this course i mean being 17 at 18 that's good enough for me i think that's totally great i think we just need to work over time to make these a little bit more spectator friendlies i think people are just going to get to get used to watching on one um one area i mean maple hill got very very good at that this year where there was like six holes that were a ton of fun just to camp out and watch that's the future right there and i don't think we need to be scared of woods courses because we Mm -hmm. can use that it's just a matter of getting there Mm -hmm. and and I totally misspoke. Champions Cup's fully wooded, so there's one. So yeah. uh, I, I, yeah, I would totally say that's definitely that the most wooded course out of all, in in the and, sense of their the woods. Yeah, and it's honestly like it's pretty fair fairways. It's just in a yes. wooded environment, yes. so it's not really quite the same feel as like mm-hmm. what everyone calls the Carolina woods, even though it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. geographic area as Augusta, Georgia. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to see, I think an elite series stop in Charlotte. That's not the tour championship. I think the tour mm-hmm. championship should move around throughout the years. I don't think it should be held just in Charlotte and Charlotte, of course, with how great disc golf there is there, the uh, amount of players, the amount of courses, it deserves a tour stop. Uh, I know it has USDGC, but it deserves, I guess, a wooded stop. Mm-hmm. And so I would really love maybe the final playoff event before USDGC to be an elite series stop in Charlotte. Then we play USDGC and then we go somewhere 
uh, nearby, maybe, I, I don't know exactly, that can be the tour championship stop. I, there's a lot of different ideas you could go with, but uh, I want to see disc golf in Charlotte still, and I think the tour championship can be somewhere a little bit more uh, favorable total to spectators, kind of saying a lot of different points here, but I hope it all makes sense. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of want to bring this up really quick, but I, I actually talked to a few of the pros that played the Pro Tour Championships. Um, a lot of them, you know, from what I've read or who I've talked to, they did enjoy the course. Some of them didn't care for it. And I think in the reason being, it's, you know, not a course that we're used to, you know, that they're, excuse me, that they're used to playing out on the road. And I think, I think it does create a good mixture. I, I like to see more of what a course is. I think it's more challenging, um, especially when it's just kind of thrown at you the way this one was. Um, but what I did hear in the Pro Tour Championship, just from a couple players, the way that they do the format of the first day, you have a ton of people playing. The second day, it dims down. The third day, it dims down. And then the fourth and final day, there's only one card out there. And I had actually heard that Saturday, the day that there was, I think, eight people or 12 people. I could I forget exactly how many where there was. But I heard there was actually more spectators out on those days than on Sunday. And I think reason being is Sunday because there's only one specific card. So if your player that's playing the event gets knocked out, you don't fully have a reason to go back to it and watch someone else who maybe you're not rooting for. And so I'm curious to see how long this style of championship for the final event of the year, I'm curious to see what it will be like next year, if they're going to change things or if they're going to keep it Let's see if we can line up Jeff Spring. I mean, that's something that is, is he in the I green think, room? That's no, what it sounds like right no. now. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, no, we actually reached yeah. out to Jeff. He said he was tied up tonight, but he'd like to come on. So we'll try yeah. to get him on the next show or two uh, to answer those questions. So mm-hmm. Nevin's cool. The, I think the playoffs and all that stuff leading up to the, the championship, all that stuff we talked about, it's going to keep mm-hmm. changing. That's how Jeff Spring, the disc golf pro tour is. They listen, they take feedback, they change. I think it will. Congratulations to Charlotte for hosting another great event there. A lot of work went into that and kind of in a last minute scenario. So shout out to them. Uh, Good show tonight, everybody. Um, We made it to the end. I am absolutely exhausted. If you can't tell, I have a little congestion. Yeah. (laughs) I was up all last night. My child was having some form of crying situation all night. I'm super. He's fine. But man, I am tired. And then I went to work today. And right before I started doing like a four hour training session, I don't know what got into me. I was experiencing a little bit of the head cold my son had. I took NyQuil right before I was training. The drowsy And I was like sitting there. And I mean, I was like, oh no, this is extremely bad. Like I'm talking. It actually works. Yeah, it worked. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyways, we made it to this point. I'm traveling out to Wisconsin again. I've been doing that a few times. I'll be out there again. Uh, leaving in the morning, probably back Friday and everyone else has things they've got going on, mm-hmm. but this was a good show, a random show, <laughs> very random. This will live down and go down in yeah. history of Nick and Matt for sure. Um, any closing thoughts from anybody or you just want to wrap it up? Go buffs. I'm well, excited for a very fun and casual off season. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> off season isn't really quite the off season. Cause we got into the skins this weekend. We got a silver series in two weeks. Uh, <clears throat> we also have the new world one coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of exciting off season things still, uh, but yes, it feels good. You can't close it out or you can't put on the music before we've actually done our close out. Go ahead, Nick. Everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video. Uh, Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. This was episode 111 presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Tell someone you love them this week. Good luck to everyone playing. We'll catch you in the next one. Ben, you're awesome. We're going to let this one ride. You don't do the outro today. I will.
Ben, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Peace out. I'm not giving up on love, but I'm giving up on us. I'm not giving up on love, but I'm giving up on us. Hell, baby, like the ocean. Told me that you love me, I'm like, oh man. Why you gon' take that back? Why you gon' take my breath away?